What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney In this episode Sean sits down with Ben Greenfield to discuss what a day is like as an Ironman triathlete professional Spartan athlete biohacker human body and brain performance coach ex-bodybuilder, anti-aging consultant, speaker, and author of the New York Times bestseller, Beyond Training, Mastering Endurance, Health, and Life. In 2008, Ben was voted as NSCA's Personal Trainer of the Year. In 2013 and 2014, was named by Greatest as one of the top 100 most influential people in health and fitness. And Ben's articles, podcasts, and videos receive over a million unique views each month. This conversation will give you an in-depth look at what it takes to be at the next level of human performance. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you want to connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sandblast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. Looking to freshen up your wardrobe for the summer season? Having trouble finding a brand whose products are functionally built to move and sweat in, but designed with a casual aesthetic aimed at everyday life? Then Viore is the clothing brand you've been looking for. Viore merges technical clothing with a West Coast vibe that looks and fits great. Viore's motto is built to move in, styled for life. They have a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore has incorporated innovative fabrics that feature anti-odor finishes, moisture wicking, and quick dry finishes. My favorite being Sea Cell, which is a sustainably sourced fiber that uses a blend of algae and wood pulp to create the most comfortable shirts you've ever felt. They really are. They're incredible. They're also anti-odor and filled with vitamins and nutrients that are released when you sweat. To receive 25% off, yes, that's 25% off your order, head to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com and use discount code W-G-Y-T. If at any point you're unsatisfied with your purchase, send it back. That's 25% off your entire order with a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. VioriClothing.com, discount code WGYT for 25% off your order. Hey, Ben, thanks for taking the time today. How you making out? Making out? Pretty good. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. When you say making out, I think about smooching and lips <laughs> and fondling. I'm, I'm walking on my treadmill right now talking to you. What's the speed you have the treadmill set with your walking desk? 
so fast, so fast. I'm flying <laughs> faster than anyone could ever walk. It's actually, so a lot of these standing desks, I think Woodway has the most popular one and that I almost bought a Woodway, one of these manual treadmills, right? Cause the one thing that, that I, that I, well, there are a few things I don't like about treadmills besides the fact that they are like, I want to shoot myself in the head boring, but the, uh, the Woodways and some of these other, uh, electronic treadmills, they produce a lot of dirty electricity or electrical pollution, not to be alarmist, but there's more and more data coming out about how that's not all that great for you. In addition to the fact that they all have these built-in Wi-Fi ports that just can't be disabled, right? So I, I like for my office to be as natural as possible. The way I approach my office is, okay, how can I make this, how can I fool my body into thinking that it's outdoors doing what human bodies have done for thousands of years, right? Hunting and gathering and gardening and being in sunlight and fresh air. And so that is why I, I wanted to have a manual treadmill, but I also wanted a treadmill that would go faster than freaking whatever, three miles an hour. I think it's like that Woodway one I mentioned, or a lot of these ones that you get from Amazon. Uh, for me, with my freakishly long legs and my gorilla <laughs> arms, uh, a treadmill that goes that, that slow is almost worse than just not being on a treadmill at all because you feel like you're taking baby steps. So I also wanted a treadmill that could double as a fitness device for me, uh, meaning that I could use it for running or for ducking in for like a quick interval training workout or something. So I got a treadmill called a true form, which is the one that you'll see used at like the CrossFit games when they have all those treadmills lined up in a row. It's kind of curves up and it's got the, the cool belt. It admittedly it's expensive. It's like the Cadillac of manual treadmills, but I had the company before they sent it to me, do some mods, meaning like remove the whole front dashboard of it so that I could have my computer set up in front of it rather than having like the big treadmill dashboard, which would keep me from being able to say type or reach across to my computer. So I don't type that much when I'm on this treadmill. I do things like talk to you. I have a dragon dictation software on my computer so I can talk while I'm walking and it's, it's relatively accurate. It's more accurate when you, when you have a headset, I've found there's a pretty good headset that works well called a, a job or a 930 J A B R A 930. But what I do is I, so I have this manual treadmill called the true form dragon dictation, the job or 930 headset. And that allows me to do things like talk articles or, you know, work on a book chapter while I'm, while I'm walking. So that's the treadmill that I use. So what is the speed you're going at? I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable if you're walking right, right now. I mean, I, I, yeah. I right now I'd, I'd say right around four miles an hour would probably be what I'm close to. Maybe, maybe a three, it's a three and a half to four, you know, again, it's a manual, so it doesn't have a little, you know, speedometer on it, but, uh, I'm going to approximate three and a half to four. I, based on your voice, I would have never guessed. So, I mean, the reason we wanted to have you on is, is like you just hit on how you said, well, set up your Sean, own. you forget I'm a well-honed endurance athlete. This is <laughs> nothing you for me. Are. <laughs> well-honed indeed. <laughs> Definitely wanted to get in some of the endurance feats you've done, but a lot of the listeners and myself included, I would love to kind of do a day in the life with Ben Greenfield. I mean, you're kind of leading the charge. You're, you're who I look to most with any new research that's come out, any new fitness hacks or, or longevity hacks. So I would love to start off. What's your morning like? Oh, geez. Thanks, bro. Uh, my morning is at first glance, if I were to explain it to a lot of people, complex, but for me, it's kind of automatic. So I would warn you that if you're listening and I 
delve into my morning routine to realize that once you adopt habits and they become routines, much of this stuff is subconscious. It's not one big distracting list of things that you have to check off and do each morning and review on a notepad to make sure you don't forget everything. It's, I, I learn new things all the time and it's a complete pain in the ass for the first week or two or sometimes up to four weeks before something just becomes natural and a part of your daily routine. So uh, I, I just want to want to clarify that before I describe to you my morning routine. So I wake up without an alarm. I have found that I am simply less fatigued in the morning and unless I have a flight to catch or unless I have a, an incredibly important appointment in the morning, uh, I, I find that by using light in the way that I'll describe to you in a moment, my body naturally wakes without the use of any blaring sounds or alarm clocks or anything like that. So I wake typically just, just naturally at some point between about 6 and 6.30 a.m. So I will have slept about anywhere from, I sleep about seven and a half to eight hours during the night. And when I wake, the first thing that I do is I gratitude journal. I write down one thing that I'm grateful for. And also in my gratitude journal, I have a sentence that asks me who I can help or pray for or serve that day. And I like that because for a while I used these journals that ask you what your daily affirmation is, kind of the I, 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 me, 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 I'm good, I'm great, I'm wonderful, gosh darn it, people like me. And I found that to be very, I felt very selfish for a while versus being more empathetic and others facing. So if I, I figure if I write down one person who I can help 365 days a year, I'm helping a few hundred people a year. And it might not be that I'm walking across the street to my neighbor's house to rake their leaves or something, but I might just be saying a prayer for my grandma who's sick in the hospital, right? But, it, but it's a cool way to start your day. I think you have one person who you could go out of your way to be there for, or at least even pray for if you can't go out of your way to be there for them. So in addition, the third question that I answer in my journal each morning is what truth did I discover in this morning's reading? Because I always start off my day with reading something spiritual or devotional or inspirational. And when you read with intention, you actually retain the information. Uh, for example, in the evenings, I read paper books, right? And uh, it, most of the time, these are books that are written by authors who I'm interested in interviewing on my podcast. And so when I read, and I know I'm going to be interviewing that person, I read with intention. Or when I read and I know I'm, I'm going to be turning around and teaching that to a client or to my coaching group or you know on stage or something like that, I read with more intention. And in the same way in the mornings, when I read knowing I'm going to need to write down one truth that I discovered, I read with greater intention versus picking the eye boogers out of the corners of my eyes and, 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 and you know, just, just kind of skimming things. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you read more books than probably anyone I've come across as well. How many books do you read in a year? I read a book a day. So I read, you know, anywhere, anywhere in the range of 300 to 400 books a year. Huh. So, yeah, uh, the, uh, journal is, uh, in summary, what am I grateful for? What truth did I discover in today's reading and who can I pray or help or serve today? Now, of late, meaning in the past two weeks, rather than laying in bed while I'm doing that journaling, I instead exercise my cells while I am doing my morning journaling. And by that, I mean that I have now in my bedroom next to the window 
something called a pulsed electromagnetic field table. It's abbreviated PEMF. There's a great deal of research on PEMF for bone density and for blood flow and for combating inflammation. And the way that it works is it uh, stimulates the cell membranes to uh, for, for, for their, their channels to open and close more rapidly. So it is moving metabolic waste in and out of cells. It is stimulating blood flow, and it can be set at a variety of different frequencies. Some frequencies are a little bit better for addressing like a muscle ache or a muscle pain. Others are better for inducing more like delta brainwave sleep patterns, others for alpha brainwave. But I sit there for five to 10 minutes in the morning on this pulsed electromagnetic field machine. Uh, the one that I have is, uh, th there's a company called Pulse Centers. It's kind of it's kind of one you'd normally find in clinical application, but I've got all these crazy biohacking toys around my house, you know, many of them sent to me to to analyze, to review, to trial, to see if they work versus if they give you explosive diarrhea or a third, third eye coming out your head or something like that. But <laughs> but there's this PMF machine I like. I, I also like it because like I just got back from racing, for example, in the in the tough mudder. You know, I travel over the world doing these crazy masochistic races and inevitably I have aches and pains and I find that this thing works better than, than most things that I've found for, for either relaxing a muscle or getting rid of an ache and pain pretty quickly. So it's, it's a, it's a PEMF table. So I do my journaling on that now in the morning. It's kind of a cool way to wake up the body. And I like it cause I can, I can read on it or reply to phone messages on it. So I, I'm, I'm all about multitasking anyways, though, I come off that table and I head downstairs and I prepare some coffee. I just use like a nice organic Swiss water process, decaffeinated coffee in the morning. I've switched to decaf because I often am kind of like drinking smoothies and superfoods during the day. And a lot of those have caffeine in them. And I only want really the taste of coffee. And I want that bowel inducing effect of the, you know, the hot beverage. And so because of that, I've, I just drink decaf in the morning. I figure the less caffeine I put into my body, the better, right? The more sensitive my body will stay to a central nervous system stimulant. And I'm not super, super duper tired most mornings. If I'm really sleep deprived, uh, I, I still don't really do caffeinated coffee these days. I, I drink the decaf coffee and, you know, I might take some kind of a nootropic or microdose with some LSD or do something else that would combat the effects of sleep deprivation. But I'm kind of on a decaf kick. So I make a French press decaf. And while the French press is steeping, I like to steep it long because I like my coffee nice and muddy and black. I take care of any little things going on with my body. So I give my, I set my clock for 15 minutes. I tell myself, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to prepare my body for the day. I'm just going to do self-love. And, and what I mean by that is uh, foam rolling or hitting like a hip that might be a little bit sore with a lacrosse ball or stretching out the shoulders. Or if I wake up and the whole body feels good, I'll just do some Kundalini breath work or I'll go outside and I'll stand in my bare feet and do some yoga moves. It's not the same thing every morning, but what it is, what it is consistent with is it's 15 minutes of just kind of like taking care of the body, waking it up for a day. And this is also important because I like to engage in low level physical activity with brief bouts of either quick, heavy lifts or sprints throughout the day. So that by the end of the day, exercise or going to the gym is an option and not a necessity. And so I figure if I start my day 
with some kind of a warm up that kind of opens up the hips and gets rid of any nagging aches and pains. You know, the same type of thing you do if you were to walk into a gym as a warm up. I just, I'm, I'm kind of warming up my body to exercise all day long, you know, to walk on the treadmill. And after I talk to you, I'll probably pop into the room next door where I have a hex bar on the ground and do five to 10 deadlifts and a few jumping jacks and then move on to my next appointment. But I, I have a higher risk of injury and a lot of those things are going to be less efficient if I don't just kind of warm up my body at the very beginning of the day. So I get my whole warm up done with, you know, so even if I, if I'm going to do a full on workout, I still can just like go straight into the workout, right. Without actually having to take the time to warm up. So I do all that while the coffee's steeping. And then I, uh, I, I pour the cup of coffee by then my, my kids are up and around. I talk with my kids a little bit and we visit about their gratitude journals and make sure they've, you know, they're set with their breakfast and give them a kiss. And usually they're off to school shortly thereafter. We don't really spend a lot of time together in the morning, Sean. We, uh, we have big family dinners, right? Like sometimes our family dinners will be like eight to 10 PM, right? We, we, we eat dinner really late, but we gather around, you know, like last night we played a, a card game. Uh, we, we like to play funny games like bears versus babies or exploding kittens or some, hmm. you know, table topics or some fun game at dinner. And so we have these big elaborate family dinners every night. But the mornings are kind of like, hey, what's up? Good morning. Are you alive? Are you breathing? <laughs> okay, you're dressed. All right, good. <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to hit school. on your parenting style hopefully a little bit later because uh, I, I know yeah. you have two little superhumans you're raising over there. And then I just found out we're going to be having a kid somewhat soon. So I'd love picking on that in a little bit. So yeah, oh, it's cool. a yeah. fantastic topic. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I love, I love child raising. I wanted to write a book on it, but all the publishers told me that I couldn't write a book on raising kids unless I self-published it or yeah, you decided had an to be a right? really small publisher because, yeah, I wrote a little ebook called How to Raise Tiny Superhumans. <laughs> uh, I wrote that when my kids were four, five. They're, they're, they're 10 now. So it's, uh, the book's a little long in the, or a little, little old. Uh, it's not long in the tooth. It's actually short. But the, uh, they said I couldn't pivot from the fitness niche into the parenting niche. <laughs> There's the damn publishing industry. It's so, so old school. Anyways, though, the, uh, the thing I do with my cup of coffee is I go downstairs and this is where I get into that whole idea of, of kind of not needing an alarm clock because your body, your circadian biology, your circadian rhythm, you know, your normal sleep wake cycles, they respond to three primary cues to stay regulated and, and to really like maintain their normal rhythm. Once you get into that rhythm, you don't need like alarm clocks. You don't need a bunch of weed at night to fall asleep. It's like your body just kind of falls into its normal rhythm. So those three cues are light, movement, and food. And I already described movement, right? So, so my body is already getting that circadian cue of movement in the morning, which is why that's important versus me finishing my gratitude journaling and going straight into uh, creative writing or, God forbid, you know, emails or, or Facebook or whatever, right? So, so there, there's, there's a re another reason I do that movement in the morning. But anyways, I've got a bunch of lights in my office, now I could just go outside in the sunlight, but you know, I, I can't, I, I've got to work in the morning. I can't drag my computer out in the sunlight and a lot, you know, half the year it's snow and ice out there. And, and so what I have in my office is I've got, uh, these, these pair of glasses that I put on, they're called retimer glasses. They hit the retina with light from a greenish blue wave spectrum, which is very important because you can get some of these blue light seasonal affective disorder, bright boxes that you place on the desk that are kind of popular. People get them off Amazon, for example, but they're, they're damaging to the retina. It's a very bright white light. You want more of a greenish blue wave spectrum for the eyes. So I put those on. 
I flip on the lights in my office and I use these special bulbs they are called biological LED bulbs. They're made by a company called Lighting Science. Uh, I use the brand called Awake and Alert in my home gym and in my office. And then I use the brand called, uh, it's, it's their nighttime brand. I think it's called Sleepy Time Bulbs, like in the kid's bedroom and in my bedroom. So the ones that are in the areas of the house where I want to be more awake, those produce a lot of blue light which is more wakeful light. And then in the other areas, there's, there's less blue light. And the biological part means they have less flicker and they're less kind of disruptive and irritating to the eyes. Some forms of modern lighting are, are pretty damaging to the eyes and, and to the body as a whole. I mean, you got photoreceptors all over your skin that respond to these lighting cues. And I like to go as natural as possible. So yeah, I flip I mean, on those lights. I've really noticed a different with different lighting that affects me tremendously. So I'll have oh, to look gosh. into those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason when you go to a lot of grocery stores, you walk out and, you know, especially if you go there at night, you just feel like you're super overstimulated. Once you've used normal biological LED, you know, a lot of times in the evening, I'll even use just like candlelight or, you know, very, very dim lighting. Anyways, though, the other thing that I do, and again, I know this sounds like a lot, but I, I walk into my office and boom, boom, boom. And, you know, I have all this on in 30 seconds. I've got this thing called a human charger, which is two little buds of light that you place in each ear, like an MP3 player. And that blasts the photoreceptors on the surface of your brain with light. So I've got light in my eyes. I've got light overhead from flipping the lights on. I've got the light in my ears. And then I've got these two panels. They're called juve lights and they produce infrared light because the sun produces UVA, UVB, and then some forms of infrared light like near and far. And so these lights produce infrared. And so I flip those on too. And I take all my clothes off because that, that wave of lighting is really good for the skin. It's really good for if it hits, for example, like the testicles, it's really good for the Leydig cells and the testes to produce extra testosterone. Um, it's just good for the body. It's, it's in the same way that, that honestly, you know, and there's research going all the way back to the thirties that shows that nude sunbathing is pretty good for the body. So this is like my equivalent of that. I just that they're, you know, working naked <laughs> with my, all these lights on. And it's kind of like, you know, again, like, like a visiting a tanning salon in the morning. So what I, what I do after I flipped all that on, uh, I've also got a little essential oil diffuser that I turn on. Usually I'll diffuse like mint or rosemary or some kind of wakefulness, invigorating scent. And I sit there and I'll work for about 20 minutes while I sip my coffee always some kind of creative work, right? I don't like to do a lot of reactive stuff early in the morning. So typically for me, I'm working on a book, you know, sometimes it's a fiction book. Sometimes you know, like this morning, I'm writing a book on longevity and, and, you know, human enhancement. And so I work on the book and, or, you know, on an article, you know, blog post for my website or anything like that. And then I, uh, I go upstairs and I use the restroom and then after I've done that, I do a quick morning workout before I kind of officially launch into, you know, all the emails and the consults and the phone calls and, you know, podcasts with, with annoying guys like you who want to pick my brain. And so, you know, before I, before I launch into all that stuff, I get a little workout in. And for me, the workout depends, right? Uh, typically, the morning is a good time to do something a little bit more parasympathetically simulating, meaning like not a super hard, like soul crushing wad because your morning cortisol is already elevated. Uh, a lot of times I've found people who do the super hard morning workouts, they 
tend to do two things, and this is more psychology. This can be overcome, but you either calorically overcompensate, slapping yourself on the back that you did a hard workout, and then you just eat way damn too many calories the rest of the day and ask yourself why you're not losing weight, even though you did a hard workout every morning. Or you um, you sit a lot because you're like, hey, I worked out hard, so now I can sit a lot. I find people fall into those mechanisms when they work out hard in the morning. Plus your body temperature, your reaction time, your grip strength, your post-workout protein synthesis, all this stuff peaks in the afternoon or the early evening. Now, you don't want to work out too late. If you finish a hard workout about three hours or, 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 or closer than three hours to bedtime, it actually does disrupt your deep sleep cycles. But as long, you know, if you're going to bed at 10, as long as you finish a hard workout by 7, you're good to go. So I like to save my hard workout for like the afternoon or the early evening. Now, the only exception to that rule would be if I have a day where I know I'm going to have a lot of decision-making fatigue, I'm going to be overwhelmed with, with a lot of stuff flying at me. Uh, you know, typically that would be like a Monday or a Tuesday, you know, when everybody's checking their email and everybody's getting back to you and you just got so much going on you're trying to produce and, and there, there's just a ton. I know when, when, you know, five or six o'clock rolls around and I'm supposed to do a hard workout, I'm just like, dude, all I want to do is like maybe go for a walk. So on days like that, I'll, I'll sometimes do my hard workout in the morning. Cause I know I'm going to have way too much decision-making fatigue and, and a lot of my cognitive willpower will be drained a bit by the end of the day. And then I'll just do, you know, what I'd normally do in the morning, which would be an easy walk in the sunshine or, you know, doing some yoga in the sauna or something kind of easy and restorative. I'll save that for the afternoon or the evening of a really stressful day and get the hard stuff out of the way first. So going into a day, do you have your workouts planned or do you just completely see how you feel? It depends. It depends. I plan out all my workouts on a Sunday night, typically. Uh, and, and I, you know, I have some people who advise me, you know, when I'm getting ready for a race that I haven't done before, I'll, a lot of times bring on the expert assistance of like a coach who's very familiar with that race or that event. But for the most part, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a certified personal trainer. I'm a strength conditioning coach. Like I kind of know how to program workouts. So nine times out of 10, I'm writing out my own workouts and I plan them out on a Sunday, uh, so that I, I know what I'm going to do. So I'm not going into a workout blind, but I'm also, I, I make adjustments on the fly based on how my body feels and also based on feedback from my nervous system. What I mean by that is I wear a, a ring called an aura ring and it measures your body temperature, measures your heart rate, measures your steps, you know, like a lot of these things do, but it also measures during the night, what's called your heart rate variability, which is a really good measurement of how beat up your nervous system is. And if I notice during the day that my heart rate variability is really low and I've scheduled for that day, let's say a really tough kettlebell workout, I'll make a call on the fly and like go for a bike ride out in the prairie or something, right? Or, or go for a nice walk in the sunshine and let my nervous system recover. And then I'll take that same workout that I had planned and I'll just flip flop, right? Like I'll do that one the next day and, and kind of, you know, shuffle the cards a little bit. But I, you know, for, for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty good now in terms of knowing my body because I've lived in it for a little while at programming on Sunday nights and, and kind of knowing what's going to, what my nervous system is going to be able to handle. So anyways, though, so that morning, morning workouts, usually around a half hour or so, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, no, no food beforehand. What I like to do is do my morning workout fasted. And then finish up with with a cold shower or a cold soak to get a big release of nitric oxide, 
and not not a long cold bath, right? That'll blunt the hormetic response to exercise. Doing like a long cold soak or a lot of cryotherapy after a workout, it actually keeps the body from mounting its own normal anti-inflammatory response. But a quick cold shower, just like decrease the core temperature so you're not, you know, pitting out from your dress shirt at work or you're not like <laughs> sweating as you're eating breakfast. I, I, I like that idea. Plus, a lot of times my morning uh, workout, like I mentioned, I'll do some in the sauna, right? So, so you're pretty hot when you walk out of a, you know, it's like walking out of a Bikram yoga session. You definitely want to do something cold afterwards. So anyways, I'm finishing up that workout typically around 8.30 or 9 a.m., and then, uh, then I, I make either one of two things. I either make a, a really nice smoothie, like a superfood smoothie, right? Where I'll take bone broth and I do a little squeeze of lemon, which kind of increases the amount of collagen that you can get out of the bone broth. And I'll get like some, some nice stevia and some Ceylon cinnamon and a really good sea salt, a couple scoops, you know, 20 to 30 grams of a good protein powder. Uh, because like I mentioned, the three circadian rhythm cues are light movement and food. So breakfast skipping can kind of disrupt circadian biology for a guy like me who travels as much as I do. I'm a fan of intermittent fasting, like, you know, having an overnight fast and doing some of the things I talked about in the morning in a fasted state. But I, I'm a fan of breakfast, not only for regulating circadian rhythm, but also I'm an athlete, right? Like I, I got, I got to get some fuel into my body because a lot of times, like I mentioned, I'm going to be working out in the afternoon and the evening and I don't want to spend my entire day depleted then have to eat a bunch before my workout and go out and do it with a full stomach. So I have breakfast and so, and so I'll, I'll do like, you know, like I mentioned, like bone broth, a squeeze of lemon, uh, some, some salt, some cinnamon, some stevia, uh, sometimes some ice, uh, sometimes a little bit of cacao powder. And I blend all that up for like two or three minutes. So it gets like a really good ice cream like consistency. And then I, I top it with like superfoods like spirulina or chlorella or cacao nibs or uh, unsweetened coconut flakes, uh, you know, dark chocolate, not a lot of sugar, not a lot of carbohydrates. I save all my carbohydrates for the end of the day because I like to keep my body in fat burning mode during the day, all the way up to dinner. And then at, at dinner, you know, I've done a hard workout at some point in the evening anyways, most time, and my body's pretty sensitive to be able to, to just shove those carbs right into the muscle or into the liver rather than converting them into fat or rather than those carbs hanging around in the bloodstream for a long time. So I, I save all the carbs for the evening. Plus we're, we're, like I mentioned, we have these big family dinners in the evening and my, my kids love to cook and my wife loves to cook and, you know, they'll make things like, you know, salmon over a rice cake or steak with sweet potato fries. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a red blooded American male. You give me a steak, <laughs> sweet potato fries. I'm not going to sit there and eat the steak and, and like leave the sweet potato fries. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, cause, cause it's going to mess up my blood ketone values. Yeah. So the, the listeners are going to have to follow your Instagram to see some of the meals that you guys are having. Oh yeah, we, we we eat amazing meals every night. But yeah, in the in the morning I'll have that smoothie, uh, you know, moderate protein, relatively high fat, lower carb, and uh, the other thing that I'll do sometimes, like I did this morning, is I'll just, you know, because that French press, I have a big French press, right? So I've essentially got two pretty big cups of coffee. So I'll take the second part of the French press and I'll grab a Nutribullet and I'll dump like some, I'll, I'll dump the coffee into the Nutribullet, but then I'll add some collagen or a little, you know, some cacao powder, some stevia, usually some kind of a fat. Like I like like coconut butter or coconut manna or, or almond butter, right? Like something that, that makes it stick to your ribs a little bit. And the cool thing is when you blend coffee with fats, there are psychoactive components of coffee, 
uh, like Kafeistol and Kawaiol are two of them, and they cross the blood-brain barrier and they give you more of a uh, kind of like a little bit of a stimulant from that that coffee than you than you normally get. Uh, now, now, granted, like I mentioned, my coffee is decaf, but there's still some of those compounds in coffee that get carried across the brain when blended with with fats. So I put all that stuff in there and I blend up the coffee and I'll, I'll sometimes do that instead of a smoothie, especially if it's like a busier morning. I'm more rushed. I don't have time to clean up the smoothie stuff uh, and I don't really have time to like sit there and eat the smoothie. And so I'm just sipping coffee while I'm you know on a phone call or whatever. Uh, you know, and then I launch into my day. I'm a big fan of this idea. I think it's, uh, who is it? Cal Newport who wrote the book deep work. Yep. Yeah. So he's got this concept. I, I believe it's in that book that really, you know, most humans can work about five hours or so like hardcore five hours of work before they begin to get a little bit of that uh, decision-making fatigue and that drained willpower. So I work, I work really hard from like, 9 a.m. until about 1 p.m., right? Around in that range. Uh, you know, 9 a.m. to 1, 9 a.m. to 2, you know, it, it kind of depends. But I work really hard during that time. And I, you know, my, I don't do a lot on the phone. The push notifications are off. I'm not diving into the email inbox too much. I'm just working, like producing, right? Like producing articles, doing podcasts, doing videos. Uh, and then uh, one, once that, that kind of like morning, um, marathon of work is over, I know that I can take care of all the reactive stuff like emails and putting out fires and, you know, little kind of like less important phone calls later on in the afternoon when I'm a little bit better at the reactive work. But I get all that, that really important stuff done in the morning. And then I, I break for lunch around one or two. And uh, I should mention before describing lunch that like I alluded to, you know, I'll work for 20 minutes, pop out for a couple of minutes, do some deadlifts, do some pull-ups, come back in work. Cause I have a home office, you know, as a, as an author, I'm, you know, just kind of at home and in my underwear working and podcasting <laughs> and whatnot. So Got those lights you know, shining. I, yeah. Yeah. With those lights <laughs> shining. So I try and stay active, you know, most of the day, uh, you know, no, no calories, no snacks. I, I sip on some water, uh, or, or, you know, like spark, I like sparkling water with Stevie and some gum, right? Like that'll just keep me going for a long time without consuming actual calories. Cause I, I only, eat, you know, two or three times a day. So if I'm going to take lunch, I make myself typically most days, uh, just a, a big bed of vegetables. And uh, what I like to do is when I make my, my big bed of vegetables, I grab out a, a pan and I'll just like throw some some fish in a pan or some sardines in a pan with some olive oil, a little sprinkling of nuts, right? For some reason, I like to put some hot on top of my salad. I don't like the cold salad approach. It's like when I go to Whole Foods, right? Like I like to make the little salad at Whole Foods, but then I go to the hot bar and I'll throw some chicken on it or some, for some reason, I'm just a fan of kind of like mixing the salad with the hot stuff. So, so I make myself, you know, bed of vegetables with a wide variety of vegetables and then I'll just toss them in the pan, like, you know, leftovers from last night's dinner, like, like, you know, whatever steak or fish is left over from last night's dinner. Uh, or, you know, like I mentioned, some kind of fats like seeds and nuts and stuff like that, dump those on top of the salad. And then I'll usually eat my salad while I'm working. I work during lunch and, uh, uh, I often read during lunch as well, like read articles and blog posts and catch up on, you know, different feeds that I'm following. And so the way that I like to eat my salad is actually not with a fork, but I have all these, uh, you know what a nori wrap is? Sean? Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's like a seaweed nori wrap. So 
I, I have a bunch of those in my pantry. And then I also have these coconut wraps. Have you seen those? My wife loves those things. Yeah. So, so what I do is I'll just use those to eat my salad. I just wrap up everything like the sardines and the nuts and the vegetables and everything in it, almost like a burrito. Right. And, and so I'll eat my salad, usually like two nori wraps or a couple of coconut wraps. And, and essentially my salad becomes two burritos. So I take a long time to eat lunch, like, like 45 minutes to eat the salad. I spoke with a, uh, a really smart doctor who happens to be a vegan. I'm not vegan, obviously, as I've alluded to, but I, I liked his concept of the idea that, you know, you watch a cow, you know, chewing its cud and it chews and chews and chews or a gorilla or a chimp, you know, a lot of chewing. And so when I'm eating a, a plant rich meal, I chew a lot, like 25 to 40 times. So I spend a long time, but like I mentioned, I, I work during lunch, like I'm banging out emails and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not eating stressful in a, in a fast way, but I, you know, I'm, I, I, I work during lunch and I eat that little salad burrito and, uh, then I, I always take a quick siesta after lunch. I love an afternoon siesta or an afternoon nap because it, it's almost like it gives me two days because as soon as I wake up from that thing, like I'm ready to crush all those emails and all that reactive work because my kids get home from school around four. So that means if I wake up from my nap, like around 2.30 or so, I can just like crush it for 90 minutes because I've got this new surge of energy after napping. How long is your nap? Oh, it, it depends. Again, I don't set the alarm. I just tell my body, okay, body, you know, sleep until you're, you're recovered. So usually, uh, it's about 20 to 45 minutes. And I have this thing called a biomat. It, it produces infrared rays and it's nice and warm. And I curl up on that thing and it's like a warm teddy bear. And I put on like some noise blocking headphones and I have a couple of apps that I like. One's called Sleepstream. The other one's called Brain FM. And I'll play one of those apps and it just kind of lulls me to sleep and takes my mind off of work. Uh, and occasionally, if I've had a hard workout, like the day before, I have these compression boots. They're called Normatec compression boots. And I'll, sometimes I'll put those on and, and they're developed by a NASA engineer. They're like this gradated compression that just milks all the lactic acid out of your legs. It's like getting a massage while you take a nap. So sometimes I'll put those on and lay on the biomat. You just feel amazing. You know, it's like like starting my day with that cell exercise I was talking about. Kind of a similar thing. Like, well, if I'm be laying in bed for a half hour in the middle of the day, I might as well be making my body better while I'm doing it. So, you know, I'm not only sleeping, but I'm also kind of draining the legs and getting the infrared therapy and, you know, crushing a lot of a lot of birds with one stone. So, uh, so yeah, I wake up from the nap and I, I get a whole bunch more work done. And then my kids come home from school. And usually at that point, it's like, you know, it's kid time. I'm either driving them to tennis or we're out in the backyard shooting the bows or we're out in a walk or they're doing part of my workout with me, like a mini version of my workout. And they've got their own little sandbags and little kettlebells and things like that. And so uh, it's, it's kind of like family time slash workout time until, you know, about about six or seven or so. And um there's, there's work that's sprinkled in there. You know, a lot of times people have late afternoon phone calls in some cases. And, and this is something I really like to do a lot lately, especially in the spring and in the summer is I'll just save all my phone calls until that point around like five o'clock or so. And I'll just take them all while I'm walking like out in the farm roads and stuff around my house. So I really like to, to do that as well. Um, anyways though, so it's so that point between about four and 7 PM. It's a mix of kid time, uh, working out, 
shooting the bow, helping my wife with any projects, just kind of doing, doing family stuff. But then also admittedly, there's some, like yesterday was like this, right? It was an incredibly busy day. And so what it looked like was, uh, Hey kids, I'll see you at dinner tonight when we're playing exploding kittens. And I've, I've got my phone and my, my headset and I'm like heading up the road to make phone calls for an hour. Right. So, so, and that's my workout. That's my afternoon workout. You know, I stop at the telephone poles and do pushups while I'm talking on the phone, you know, so, so it really does vary. You got to be a little bit, uh, you know, you, you, you got to be a little bit adaptive to what's going on, but, but generally the afternoon I'm, I'm not in my office. I'll put it that way. Uh, and so around, uh, around seven or so, a lot of that's kind of done. And then I, I actually do go back in my office. I, I don't turn on all these lights and all that jazz I just talked about. I, I just have some very kind of relaxing, like red lights. Uh, I've got one called a Ruby Lux. It's almost like a firelight. Sometimes I'll light a candle, uh, sometimes a Palo Santo, something a little bit more relaxing. And from about seven until eight or so, I put out all the work fires that I don't want to be thinking about during dinner. Right, I dive back into the email inbox and I, I'm diving back into the comments and the blog posts and responding to Voxers from my team because I want to be present during dinner. And I've found that if I finish up all that stuff and get a workout done and then I just go straight into dinner, like all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I got 20 emails and I can't focus on this wonderful meal. And so from seven to eight, I, I work again and, uh, you know, put in about an hour of really good work. Then, uh, we eat dinner around eight or eight thirty PM. So I'm, I actually, uh, you know, I'm fasted for about two hours or so after I finish that, that workout. And that's actually fine. You know, it increases growth hormone and testosterone when you fast for a little while after workout, and unless you're trying to put on a lot of mass or a lot of weight, uh, there, there's not a big reason to eat a whole lot after workout. Uh, unless you have another workout within the next eight hours, that's the only situation in which a post-workout meal becomes really necessary is if you're going to work out again within eight hours. And that's another reason I don't skip breakfast is because I'm kind of a two-a-day guy, right? Like the morning routine and the afternoon or, or evening workout. Um, anyways, though, yeah, I sit down to dinner. We have a big family dinner. We go over our gratitude journals. We play games. Uh, we finish up dinner and I play the kids like ukulele and guitar and, um, and then, uh, you know, we, we have bedtime and then I typically go upstairs and I read for about a half hour or so. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, my wife and I will make love or we'll, you know, sit and chat or we'll go out to the hot tub for a little while or, you know, just something kind of, kind of like evening wind downish. Uh, but always, always, always I read in the evening, even, you know, even if we have like hot, crazy, wild sex and an extra glass of wine or whatever, I'll still... <laughs> After all Gotta that, I'll those, still those roll over. In. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll still roll over and grab a book and read. You know, it's just it's just my thing. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the day, dude. Man, that is absolutely jam packed. I've got a quick question, kind of just my own routine, the way my days are structured with work and everything. I work out in the morning. I'm a morning person, so I typically try to have dinner, my last meal, right around six p.m., six seven p.m., and then I'm not eating again hopefully 12 to 14 hours. So say I work out real early, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Should I continue to fast after that or should I have a meal right after my workout? Well, it depends what your goals are, right? So so it's it's all it always depends. So let me let me tell you what I mean. So for example, if you're a skinny guy trying to put on muscle, so you fill out your, you know, your 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 bathers, your t-shirt or whatever. <laughs> Then, uh, then yeah, I mean, you want, you, you want to get, get a meal in. And I find a lot of guys will like lose their morning boners and they won't be able to pitch a tent in the morning. And, and that's sometimes a sign that working out, especially hard in a fasted state 
in the morning is something that might, you know, you might be losing a lot of fat, but sacrificing some, some hormonal effects on the other end. Uh, you know, another example would be, like I mentioned, if you're going to work out again later on in the day, a really hard fasted morning workout that doesn't have breakfast after it, that, that can really affect the workout later on in the day. Or maybe, you know, I play tennis on Wednesday nights, right? Like, and if I work out hard in the morning and skip breakfast, I'm just blah, you know, I'm kind of dragging during tennis because my muscle glycogen levels haven't been restored. And then another reason would be sleep, right? If you, if you've got messed up sleep cycles and a messed up circadian biology and you travel a lot and you, yeah, sometimes you wake up at four and sometimes you wake up at six and sometimes you can't fall asleep till midnight and sometimes you're just crushed by 10. That's a pretty good sign that you need to engage in uh, not just exercise, not just light in the morning, but also uh, some kind of a, a well-timed, regularly timed morning meal. So it really depends. No, awesome info there. I mean, you mentioned probably 40 different products, uh, different things you've implemented. What about just the traditional per person working a nine to five, they can't go out and implement all these things in their, in their lives. Is there one or two things that you say without a doubt will make a bigger difference for you and just kind of a, a better road to success? Oh, I mean, like, you know, all, all my clients who work nine to five, they've, they've got a kettlebell tucked into their cubicle or they've got like a Vera desk uh, or like a, a Mogo stool they can lean against. They can go from a standing position to a seated position. Uh, you know, they, they've, they've all got rules that for every hour that they're working, they they duck away, you know, out into the parking lot to do 100 jumping jacks. You know, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a. a I, I don't like that excuse that I have a regular job so I can't move at my job or I can't expose myself to light. But I'd say probably if I were to give people kind of like three ideas for products you could own that you could just have in your office, one would be a Vilight, V-I-E light. This thing was originally developed for Alzheimer's and dementia patients, and it operates on that same concept of photobiomodulation that I explained, the same reason I use these big ass light panels. But this is like a smaller unit that you can simply wear on your head. It's like a cup of coffee for your brain. And it's really good for clearing out inflammation and neural tissue. Uh, so that's one that I like. I have the one called a, a neuro it's sitting right here in front of me, the Violite Neuro. I have a podcast with them on my website too. The second thing would be a kettlebell and it could be a traditional kettlebell. It could be one of these like water kettlebells. It's more like a travel kettlebell that you fill with water uh, for swinging, for deadlifts, for squats, for any number of exercises that you'd want to do uh, without having the space requirement or the footprint of a barbell or a, or a hex bar or a couple of dumbbells or something like that. And then the last thing I would recommend, I actually mentioned it, it's like I like this stool that goes up and down that allows you to sit, allows you to stand, allows you to lean. Again, it's portable, so you can toss into a suitcase. That one's called a, uh, a Mogo, M-O-G-O, made by a company called Focal Upright. I also interviewed them on my podcast. We went into all these different kind of devices that they make, but I've got one of those and I like that. So I'd say, you know, just three things, you know, a little bit of photobiomodulation for your head that'll easily fit in your bag on the way to work. A kettlebell you could you could keep at the office, and then uh, one of these Mogo stools that you could either keep at home and at the office because it, it's two pounds, it folds up, it travels, or you could just you know have it have it at the office. Those are those are a few things. Okay, we'll definitely have those linked up. And I mean, you're always reading new studies. Is there a study in the past six months you've come across that's really blown your mind? You know, there was an interesting one on on a uh, curcumin. A lot of people do curcumin now. Do you do you supplement with curcumin or? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it's a good anti-inflammatory, but it turns out that most of its anti-inflammatory activity remains localized to the gut, which is actually 
you know, it's great if you're, if you got gut issues and if you're trying to fight inflammation in the gut, uh, and then when it is made lipid soluble, like blended with coconut oil, for example, and uh, black pepper is another thing that will increase its absorption. Uh, then it travels to the brain and then it winds up systemically in the tissue. So it turns out if you're using one of these fancy curcumin extracts to fight inflammation, and it's one of those fancy curcumin extracts that's blended with oil and fats and black pepper and all this stuff, uh, it's not going to fight inflammation in your gut if that's your purpose for taking it. <laughs> But then if you just take regular curcumin, uh, it is, or like a turmeric extract. So I thought, you know, in my geeky mind, I, I found that to be quite interesting because I actually use curcumin and it turns out, you know, depending on what your goal is for using it, you may want to choose your 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 source or the way that it's mixed uh, wisely. Yeah, no, very interesting. I mean, any other maybe one or two supplements you uh, incorporate as well? Sure. This is pro this, this could be the last question I have time for, but I would say things that supplements that a lot of people may not know about or may underplay. One would be creatine. Uh, creatine is, is one of the most well-researched, uh, compounds on the face of the planet. It's not just for people who want to get swole or for strength or for power. It's, it, it's a, it's a nootropic. So it's good for neurological function. It staves off a uh, sarcopenia or loss of muscle mass. It, it it's great for a whole host of things. So I take five grams of creatine year round, split up into a couple doses during the day because you can only absorb about one and a half to two grams at a time. Um, another one would be prior to bed to enhance deep sleep, some form of cannabidiol. Not THC actually disrupts deep sleep cycles, whereas CBD all on its own does not. So, uh, so a CBD in the evening, I'm a big fan of that. And uh, the third, I would say that really flies under the radar. I'll give you two that I've been experimenting with lately, both in higher doses, right? This would be high dose. Uh, I've, I've been trying 40 grams of collagen a day and 20 grams of fish oil a day. Now to put that in context, you know, and most supplements are going to have around 10 grams of collagen. Most fish oils are going to be one to two grams. So a lot more than what would be normally recommended. And, uh, my joints feel really great. My hair and my skin and my nails, they, they seem to be really improving in terms of their quality. So like high-dose collagen, high-dose fish oil is something that I, I kind of like these days as well. Okay, we'll have to check those out. But Ben, man, this has been awesome. I know you got to get packed up, ready to head out to Hawaii, but I can't thank you enough for coming on. Where should the listeners stay connected with you? I know you have the podcast and a ton of great resources over at your website. Where should they go? Yeah, that, that I mean, you could just Google me. That's, that's fine. Ben Greenfield, my website and my podcast or over at bengreenfieldfitness.com. And uh, I now have a supplement company where I'm developing new formulations. It kind of serves as my playground to create, you know, weird supplements and new things that don't exist. And that's over at Keon, getkeon.com, K-I-O-N. Keon is the name of my company, or you could just Google Keon, K-I-O-N. So yeah, that'll, that'll keep people busy. Awesome, Ben, thanks so much. It was a pleasure talking with you. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I got, got a few miles in. <laughs> Take care. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you want to connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. 
Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sandblast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. Looking to freshen up your wardrobe for the summer season? Having trouble finding a brand whose products are functionally built to move and sweat in, but designed with a casual aesthetic aimed at everyday life? Then Viore is the clothing brand you've been looking for. Viore merges technical clothing with a West Coast vibe that looks and fits great. Viore's motto is built to move in, styled for life. They have a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore has incorporated innovative fabrics that feature anti-odor finishes, moisture wicking, and quick dry finishes. My favorite being Sea Cell, which is a sustainably sourced fiber that uses a blend of algae and wood pulp to create the most comfortable shirts you've ever felt. They really are. They're incredible. They're also anti-odor and filled with vitamins and nutrients that are released when you sweat. To receive 25% off, yes, that's 25% off your order, head to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com and use discount code W-G-Y-T. If at any point you're unsatisfied with your purchase, send it back. That's 25% off your entire order with a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. VioriClothing.com, discount code WGYT for 25% off your order. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.